Welcome to Outspoken, a podcast for social change where we talk about current events and how they relate to interpersonal violence and abuse. Outspoken is a project of the Hayes Caldwell Women's Center located in San Marcos, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced abuse and is seeking support, services, or needs more information, links to resources can be found in our episode description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the views of their organizations or affiliates. Welcome to Outspoken, a podcast for social change. I'm Hema. I'm Kiara. I'm Megan. And it's the start of a new year, and it's actually really hard to believe that we're going into 2022. So, um, you know, come on, join us, bring a drink or something. Say we're going to be talking about what happened um, this past 2021. Um, We want to use this episode to reflect on the social change that occurred in 2021. Um, COVID has significantly impacted many areas of life, exposing vulnerable systems and the need to rethink um, social change. Um, there definitely has been a shift in society interaction with things like accessibility, everything being virtual. And we saw a lot of changes this year, um, both on state and national level and many, many, many changes on social media. So we're going to go ahead and share with y'all this list. It's not a comprehensive list, but just headlines that we thought um, related to the work that we do. Uh, one of the, I feel like one of the biggest hashtags we saw in 2021 was the Free Britney hashtag. Um, I didn't know a ton about uh, what happened with her in 2008, um, but I did, you know, a little bit of research. And I know that in 2008 is when she very first had her um, her dad started putting, you know, psychiatric holds on her. And that's when she first went into the conservatorship. So that was in 2008. And now it's, uh, you know, 20. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When the episode will come out, it'll be 2022. 2022. Thank you. All the years are blending together, especially with the pandemic. (laughs) Time does not feel real anymore. So we're talking, um, you know, over 12 years. I think if I'm doing the math over 12 years. But in 2019 is really when the hashtag, um, I think, first started appearing uh, at all in in Twitter. And that's when people started really questioning her. uh, I think she ended up having to go into a treatment center. And that's when people really started questioning, you know, how is she still in a conservatorship? Like realizing she's been in it for this long and also knowing that she's been touring all this time. She's still, you know, putting on concerts. She's still producing music. And so it's kind of the question of like, how is she still in this conservatorship yet she is still uh seems to be you know working i mean she's still working and seems to be able to you know make money yet she can't make decisions uh on her own um so some of the uh, pieces that are in this conservatorship just to give you an idea um she really needs permission to do just about anything and and her father is the conservator uh so she's really asking her father i guess in most of these circumstances if she can do these things so things like leaving her house uh driving a car um and even she even uh it came about in her uh one of her testimonies that she even needed permission to remove her iud that she has interest in having another baby but she's not allowed to um have her iud removed without permission from her conservator or her father um so just the parallels that you see uh in her situation that we also will see in abusive relationships is something i want to talk about um there was a lot of talk about reproductive uh control um 
and uh, reproductive abuse when that came out, that her uh, conservatorship had so many limitations on what she can and can't do. Um, and I know it, it opened up a lot of conversations in our field, I feel. People were uh, asking questions about, um, you know, reproductive control and what that entails in relationships. And yeah, I mean, it just, it really... Um, kind of makes that conversation come to the forelight of like this is happening that this is something that's happening in relationships and if this is something that can happen to this person who has all the fame and right. all the money all the you know influence. then this could yeah then this could happen to anybody one of the biggest I, pop stars of our generation and that from what i remember hearing and learning was that she didn't even have control over her own money, that she would go out to dinner with friends and couldn't even cover her own bill that was like a couple thousand dollars. And we know that Britney Spears makes millions of dollars. She has um, out a ton of different perfume lines, just that on its mm-hmm. own. And then at the time throughout the year, she gave us a lot of great music, depending on how you feel about Britney Spears or not, that she couldn't make these decisions and do simple things like even with her conservatorship being ended i saw a picture on social media of her just going to target by herself and Mm -hmm. how many of us can do that but she couldn't even do that and we see her like running her own business or at least what we thought was running her own business and making all of these decisions but really not being able to have the freedom to move and just exist without having to ask for permission from her father um, and that it's also from what I've heard not very common for people to be able to get out of conservatorships that a lot of times people get into them in that uh, once they're in them they just don't really have control over their life and their money and their own decisions uh, for as long as they're in them so it's a really really big deal um, for mm-hmm. her to be able to get out of it and sets president for a lot of other people that they're other celebrities, the one that comes to mind is like Amanda Bynes, where people are saying mm-hmm. like the same thing is happening to her. Um, and I think of like the narrative, especially like the media and with Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes and the way that they were portrayed in the media throughout the years of mm-hmm. being unstable and like those famous pictures of like Britney Spears shaving her head and hitting the paparazzi's car with an umbrella. And when I was younger, I remember that a lot of people would make jokes about feeling like Britney Spears. And then as I get older, I'm realizing like, yeah, I kind of would want to do those things too, that you don't have control Mm -hmm. over your own body and her shaving her head and saying like, this is something I can control. I'm tired of people plugging things into my hair. I'm tired of people putting in hair extensions. I want to make decisions for myself or having somebody follow you around like paparazzi and not being able to say, leave me alone. Like I, Mm -hmm. would you just want to have with you, again abusive relationships and you're having that power and control and having your decisions taken away from you i would kind of want to make my own decisions too even if it's just like please stop because you just feel like nobody's listening yeah and actually like in her test i I think i have it quoted here but in her when she testified that's something that she said she had previously had spoken in court like in 2019 and this really didn't start getting a lot of attention until this last year which is why we brought it up for this episode but um she actually said where is it i don't think i was hurt on any level when i came to court last time and then now um she said you know she went on to say it's embarrassing and demoralizing what i've been through and that's the main reason why i didn't say it openly and i just i think that 
one lesson that I hope that like ever like society can take from this is like what happens when you listen and pay attention to people who they say that there's like something going on in their life that's uh you know that's bad or that's happening because um you know like I said a minute ago like she's like one of the richest women in America one of the most well-known people and she went this went on for so long because she didn't feel that anyone was gonna care or pay attention to what was happening or listen and it wasn't really until she had that support um from her fans that she actually felt comfortable coming out and finally saying like yeah this is happening and until then she really kept quiet for many years and that's the same thing that happens to um you know those who are experiencing abuse in their relationships is like they is sometimes you know you stay quiet because you don't have anyone to 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 turn to and you're not sure that you're going to be believed and it's so powerful to think that someone with this much fame can feel that same way and it's and it's right in all of our in front of all of our faces so i really hope that it's a good lesson for us uh, in society to just be more open to hearing it when someone says this is my experience and believing them when they say this is my experience in that knowing that we can put systems or institutions in place that are meant to protect people that we see as vulnerable because essentially Mm -hmm. that's what a conservatorship is supposed to do is help somebody make decisions and control their estate or whatever it is that they feel may not be fit to do that and that people can abuse that and people often do abuse that especially with other vulnerable populations like the elderly um Mm -hmm. it's not uncommon for elderly people to get put into a conservatorship and then it's hard for them to get out of it um and the Mm -hmm. people see them as unstable or they don't have their facilities or faculties about them that they can't make their own decisions and really that it just puts them at risk for elder abuse which is another form of abuse that often doesn't get talked about um but that's what we see is that the most vulnerable often doesn't have Mm -hmm the abuses that's being committed against them talked about or brought to light. And if it is, then they're not believed um, because it's uncomfortable and people don't want to believe that that's happening. So a really, really big win. And she did say that she wants to, you know, raise awareness now for other people in this similar situation. So I don't think we're done seeing from her yet. And I'm really, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to anything she has to offer us or, and if she doesn't, I'm full, I'm cool with that too. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever she wants to do. Yes. Right. I'm seeing but... her a lot on social media and it just like makes my heart happy seeing her like Me dance too. these TikToks. Me too. Like, yes, you deserve it. <laughs> yes. All good things for her. <laughs> um, okay. So more social media, social change that we saw happening in 2021 was the hashtag stop Asian hate earlier in the year in 2021, um, raising awareness about an uptick in hate crimes that was targeting or targeting the Asian American and Pacific Islander community um, in the midst of the Mm -hmm. coronavirus pandemic. Um, So it's, there was a lot of anti-Asian rhetoric happening within the country, people uh, fearing the Asian community, seeing them as the source of the coronavirus, having people use terms like calling it the China virus. Um, People felt empowered to commit violence against the Asian and Pacific Islander community. Mm -hmm. Um, And we saw a lot of violence happening um, against uh, the elderly. Um, We also saw hate crimes committed against um, AAPI women, especially like with the murders that happened in, I want to say it was Georgia. Um, And it opened a lot of conversations that I 
at least in my history, I know that people were having them within their own communities. And that's often what we see. But it was the first big national conversation that I had saw um, that brought um, communities across the country together to really become aware and try to do something to fight um, AAPI hate happening within the country. Um, within the communities, I remember seeing people organizing and coming together to protect their own, knowing that people were having hate crimes and other acts of violence committed against them while just going to the store or going to work and people creating networks to walk together or to just protect each other. Um, I saw a lot of conversations that people were trying to have on social media um, about the stereotypes that exist about Asian women and femmes specifically with them being overall, the community has the stereotype of being docile or like the model minority. Um, and if people step out of that um, or they do something that stepped out of that or they're seen as um they only have specific types of jobs um, and that violence against them is warranted specifically like if they're sex workers um, that a lot of people believe that you can't really commit violence against somebody or maybe it's their fault. So it's a lot of victim blaming that's happening is um, you're in a profession um, that, well, what else did you think that would happen? Or it's just assume that that's what they were doing, especially if they work at a massage parlor. We know you can work mm -hmm. at a massage parlor and not do sex work. But even if you are doing that, it doesn't make an excuse for violence to be perpetrated mm -hmm. against you. And it was one of the first times that I saw a national and maybe even an international conversation about how stereotypes and beliefs that we have about certain communities can be very harmful and how they can perpetrate, make it okay for people People think it's okay to perpetrate violence against somebody based mm -hmm. off of a stereotype or an assumption that we have about the community. Um, a lot of people, it's just driven by fear or it's driven by entitlement because they know that there's probably not going to be a lot of um, consequences or they feel that it's justified and that other people share the same sentiment as them. And on social media, we saw that that wasn't true and that a lot of people um just needed the education to be like, hey, this is something that's happening in our community. And I know that it's new that you're learning about this, but it's not new. It's in your face um, and do something about it. Um, mm -hmm. And people were doing something about it, especially with using that hashtag stop Asian hate. It was a way for a lot of people to learn and become aware, um, just getting involved in their own communities or talking to their elected officials about what happened. Um, there was legislation that was passed. Um, the No Hate Act and the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act both signed in March. Okay. Um why the FBI relies on individual states to submit their hate crime data um, and that 18 states don't have that mandate. Three states don't have a hate crime statute. So we had legislators across um, a number of states that introduced this legislation and it was passed to be able to have um, to boost public outreach and have reporting for hate crimes be available online in multiple languages. So it's not um, necessarily a a big fix, but it's something that's mm -hmm. progress that's on the way to greater social change. Um, it also directed the Department of Justice to designate a point person 
to expedite um, the review of some of these hate crimes. Um, so it's a, it lays a foundation for progress to continue going forward um, along with the social change that we just saw happening in communities. And we hope that it doesn't stop because social media moves fast, as we know, and that it can be very trendy to use a hashtag. It can be very trendy to... Um, see resources and put them in your bio. It's all very important. And it's, as we've mentioned, I think even last year, um, specifically with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, that it can be a lot of people's first step into activism, especially activisms for other communities or people who have different identities for them. Um, but we do see a lot of communities saying like, uh, we just aren't a passing thing that you see on social media. Once you learn about it, it doesn't stop once it becomes a trending hashtag that these, we need people to continue to do something about it. So, um, if you haven't looked into that hashtag in a while, go back, learn more, see what you can do, see what's currently happening in your community, get involved in that social change that's happening because it's important. Um, and social change starts with all of us and it takes all of us, not just the people who are experiencing the violence. It makes me think of that saying, if you know better, you do better. Yeah. It's like it, there's a lot of importance to that exposure and that first exposure for people. Like, And, it, and it's one of the things I love about social media is how fast you can get an idea to spread now and that once you do have that information for the most part I feel like most people once you've been like this is happening you can't ignore it anymore so it is at least you know can be a jumping off point for some pretty good activism yeah definitely a form of social change that has been very interesting to see with the internet and having grown up at a time where that wasn't a thing when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know a lot about social change that was going on then. Um, like my social change was, uh, I remember like Apple having a campaign where they sold a uh, red iPod nanos to raise awareness for like the AIDS epidemic. Um, mm -hmm. And that it was with uh, a lot of consumerism or like uh, buying mm -hmm. Livestrong bracelets. So it was uh, tied to a lot of like, if you're going to go out and you're going to purchase things, do stuff in a way that's going to make you aware. And I love that there's um, additional ways to make it more accessible for people now that it doesn't have to be tied to buying things all the time. It could be just you're spending time scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok anyway. So um, might as well get involved in the causes while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. you got me thinking about like when i was like little and i think oh i was talking to you about it last time where like there was like this thought where you had to be like working for a nonprofit in order to make change yeah. um so it was like the goal like when i was in elementary it was like oh i want to like be like this giant like superhero working at a nonprofit, you know helping all of these people but uh but social media and especially in my generation i feel like people are already out there doing their social like social change and it's happening and there's always like a talk with adults where it's like well how do we get youth interested and it's like um youth are already doing it you're probably just not listening uh yeah. because like it's happening and you have like influencers yeah. on twitter micro influencers um and this is why i included this uh the hashtag bts love myself campaign because it touches like three things that like we usually talk about which is self-compassion um social change and um i just blanked out right now but <laughs> i'll come back to that one um youth empowerment there we go hello i'm talking about it right now um but yeah like they have uh, 
the hashtag BTS Love Myself campaign started in 2017 and now they're celebrating their fourth year, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a huge BTS fan, but I'm not just talking about it. Like, I'm not being biased. Um, I remember being like a freshman in high school when BTS was barely like starting to get out there. And they would say some things that I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, I feel like I'm being listened to. Um, we forget about youth a lot, but let me show you a quote. Because um, they were recently invited. They'll, this is the second time that they are invited to um, the United Na- Nations Assembly. And um, their leader said, have it right here. Um, um, he he was basically talking about um, Huawei. Hua. I guess the experience he's had growing up, um, and he said, uh, I tried to jam myself into molds that other people made. Soon I began to shut out my vo- my voice and started to listen to the voice of others. No one called out my name, and neither did I. My heart stopped and my eyes closed shut. So like this, we all lost our names, and we, fa- we felt like ghosts. And I was just like, that was me, like, in middle school, <laughs> where you're just, like, barely, like, you're you're starting to, like, grow, going into, like, I don't know, you just start meeting new people and you're trying to be yourself. And then there's like you, a lot of things like social norms that are telling you like, no, stop, stop trying to be you, do this. Mm-hmm. Or or yeah. even now that I'm like entering like adulthood, I guess, um, where it's kind of like, well, I can't do this anymore because I'm like old and have a big girl job or whatever, um, where it's like I'm supposed to act more like an adult. And like, it doesn't have to be that way. But anyway, connecting it back to the Love Myself campaign, it was tied um, to their album and their concerts. And they basically released a whole album about loving yourself. And that Mm. I didn't know about self-compassion until I started working here. But I knew like the concept of it. And it didn't click until I was researching for this uh, podcast. I was like, I've heard like this whole concept of like being kind to yourself. But I heard it through BTS. And that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It was was really funny because... I mean, it's coming from an artist and it sounds kind of cringe sometimes when you say it um, because they think um, that it's just like a bunch of little 14 year olds just um, listening to BTS and stuff. But they do a lot of stuff um, that comes with like, like I said, they they did that album. It was like literally like soundtrack after soundtrack about like trying to love yourself and just being kind to yourself. And at the times um, when they first came out, they were releasing a lot of music that was really relatable to students. Um, because like it's hard it's hard out here and then you have like all of these state exams and you're just studying you're just like oh my gosh is this even worth it and you start like going into like trips about it but yeah they they released uh, an album that then turned into concert and then it just kept going like the fans were just were just like really proud of it um so the hashtag is still out there like hashtag bts love myself um it's still out there and then um they also have the hashtag end violence um it was a global campaign that's still Mm -hmm. going on and essentially it's just like i think it centered more around bullying and schools um Mm -hmm. but that one was also really interesting it's still going on right now um they actually came up with a youth manifesto and it talks about diversity and tolerance protection for all students being kind to others reporting violence taking action the fact that youth has to be taken seriously because hello we matter um establishing clear rules restriction weapons and just safety in schools and training and teaching um, teachers and counselors how to respond to sexual violence and teaching consent so I, I love that. that. There's so much music where it's like, I hate to say it, but there's so much music that's like toxic relationships, right? That are like, oh, these aren't good at all. So I love to hear that there's artists out there making music that's very, you know, 
centered around loving yourself and having self-compassion. I think that's fantastic, especially that it's aimed towards young people. And I love that it's driven by hashtags because then you can easily go online and see other people getting involved in it and knowing that you're not alone. And it makes it easier for you to get connected to resources. Like I want to get involved in this, but I don't know where to find the resource to do this. Or I want to train somebody on this, but I don't know what to send them to because I don't think they'll Mm -hmm. listen to me. But there's like a website that I can send them resources to um, and that they can see that this is a movement. Uh, I love that it makes it accessible. Definitely. So like if you search out BTS Love Myself, uh, the UN website will come up and be like, hey, this is a campaign that we've been doing for like the past four years. Educate yourself. But it's great. And then this past time that they were invited, um, I believe their leader, he... So they moved on from doing the whole love yourself because now we know how to love ourselves um, to speak yourself. Uh, so now they're more... Um, I guess I'm um, talking about how it's okay to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself since we already know how to love ourselves for the past four years we've been learning and stuff. Uh, and I've been keeping up with it. It's really nice. Um, being an advocate for others is really easy for me, but being an advocate for myself is kind of hard. So mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot. So y'all should definitely check it out. Yeah, that's great. And then another thing going on social media was um, the TikTok. Of course, TikTok is always a talk, right? Um, this past... Um, awareness month uh, for sexual assault survivors they had the theme of um, we can build safe online safe online spaces and um, that was their overall theme for sexual assault awareness month um, and essentially it just gave like a place for survivors to share their story and if you went into like the explore page um, right like under where you search um, they had like a lot of resources that that were like really helpful especially like the national sexual assault hotline like you could see it on there and they had oh because they partnered with rain sorry um and they had like um their website online rain.org and it was really cool i was i went into it i think when during sexual assault awareness month i saw it but it didn't really click because we were built like working making our own content and material so it didn't really click but i saw it again like after and it was really cool they had the the hashtag um consent matters and then they also introduced like new ways to filter like comments um, because again, they're trying to build that safe space online because like we talked like in previous episodes about how like these communities like are online now. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was like really great. I don't know what y'all think about like TikTok partnering with Rain. Like did y'all ever see that coming? I didn't see it coming. I will say I, I do uh, like TikTok and I like hearing stories, but I have noticed a lot of uh, survivors sharing their story on TikTok and a lot of people even outing their abusers on TikTok. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm now I'm thinking maybe that that's a result of of this or maybe that's maybe they did make people feel safe. And um, I did know about the how you can filter comments, which I think is really great for people uh, as far as creating that uh, space for themselves because um, then you're not even having to be exposed to certain you know you not only do you not have to be exposed to it but like the people who follow you also don't have to be exposed to comments from you know unsavory characters on the interwebs <laughs> that might comment <laughs> things that are inappropriate uh you know um but yeah I, I have noticed that um not knowing that it was connected to rain but i have noticed tiktok being a place that survivors do seem to find uh like a space to share their stories and get support for sure which has been really inspiring to see 
Definitely. And also another thing I wanted to share again, I feel like a、uh, UN sponsor right now because <laughs> 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 they have so many like good people that they're partnering with. And I'm just like, yes, like I like that.、Um, this past,、um, I think it was December 7th through 9th,、um, they had the very first inaugural glo- global forum for children and youth.、Um, mm-hmm. So It was, it was great. And I was really excited about it because we did the,、uh, the Tossa Prevention Institute. And there was a lot of like youth,、um, talking about their experiences and how they're doing, creating social change. So I was really excited about this one.、Um, I caught some episodes. They have them on their website if you want to go ahead and check them out. But I、okay. got a really nice quote that like,、oh, it just, it made me feel really nice.、Um, there is an 18 year old,、um, creator on Instagram. Um, her at is at peachy.live. And because,、um, like I said, like social change is already happening online and youth is like taking part of it. So she's one of them. And she said,、um, child activists should not feel guilty for taking breaks and enjoying the process. Remember that our fight is a generational marathon, not a one time race.、Um, mm-hmm. So that was really nice to hear because I don't know. I feel like Gen Z. Has like this really bad rap of like, oh, were you too sensitive or whatever? Or like that we want to like put everything on fire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> not always. And like they work really hard to, you know, make change. And sometimes it can be hard to, you know, like take a step back and be like, hold on, like it is going to take a while. And it's not just me. Like if I stop and take a break, like it's okay. It's for me to stop and be like, wow, this is like, Great. Everything that we've done and been working for is great. And it'll be fine if I take a step back from it for a little bit and then come back whenever I'm ready. But they had some really, really, really cool topics that I really, really liked.、Um, kind of like, I think one of them was the impacts of conflict、uh, with COVID 19 and violence against children and driving gender norm change. So those are、mm-hmm. the two that I, I think I watched.、Um, and if y'all ever want some inspo, I'm literally always on the voicesofyouth.org back. Uh, backslash inspire.、Um, they have some some great stuff on there. It's essentially just like a, a place for youth.、Um, they get to put up a little sticky note of whatever it is that they they want to share with the world. And it's just like so inspiring. Sometimes I don't know if it's just me getting old <laughs> where I'm just like, man, like this world, like why even bother? But then I go back in there and I'm just like, oh, this is why. Like, and it's like eight year olds, 12 year olds, or like, I think it's from open from like very young up to like 24. And I'm just like, oh, like, I don't know. It just makes me really happy. <laughs> There's a lot of inspiration because I feel that way as a person who, as I got older, I got jaded with stuff that's going on. It feels hard when you're trying to fight something and your social change can move slow, it can move really fast. But we also know that the reality is that it can move slow in some ways too, and that it can be.、Mm-hmm. Easy to get disheartened by it or discouraged or just kind of want to tap out or feel like you have, as you mentioned, you have to keep going because you feel like you can't take a break or that maybe people are going to judge you for taking a break. And I like that it's normalized to A, take a break and B, there's still a lot of hope with younger generations that they, I love the inspiration and I don't even want to say idealism because I won't even say that it's like idealistic. I feel like it's hopeful.、Um, That、mm-hmm. some people th- think that it's not realistic to think that the world can change. But if that was the case, then we would be still living in the same society that we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. And we know that that's not the reality.
um, that it can take a while, but I love that um, youth are changing the way that we're doing activism um, and changing the way that um, we see whose voice is valuable. Yeah, so before we move on to our prevention and active action tip, I'll just leave you all with this one quote that from its from the UN opening um, keynote, which says, um, we know that we are in a critical moment in history, one in which real change is possible, one that if we seize it could propel us into a better future that adults have promised children and young people. But moments pass, whether we make the most of it or not, this moment will be no different unless we do something different. So, yeah. Nice. I love that. What a year, y'all, before we move into prevention and action, just... I can't believe it. It's been a whole year. A collective deep (laughs) breath and exhale because it's, (sighs) yeah, making it through 2021. Some people, I agree with them when they say that 2021 just felt like a extension of 2020, um, Mm -hmm. that it just felt like a very, very long year. And we did see a lot of change happening um, in general. And it was what a time to be alive, I guess, is the way that I would categorize uh, 2020 and 2021. Um, but it's nice to look back and see the social change that happened because looking back on 2021, I felt exhausted. I felt um, sad at times, anxious, mm-hmm. but I also felt hopeful and getting to look back on some of these things, knowing that there was still some good that happened in a, a time where it felt like things were not good. For at least from my perspective, it could be different for other people. But I agree. I like doing these episodes for that reason, getting to look back because, I mean, honestly, some of the things that happened in February and March, I'd forgotten about. <laughs> so it was it's it is kind of nice to see that. I mean, I think it is good to look back and see that social change is happening because I think it is really easy to think like to feel that nothing is happening because of how slow everything moves. But gotta have hope. all right well with that um i will i guess give us a send us off with a prevention and action tip for this episode and that's that social change can feel like an overwhelming task right we feel like we have all these things that um are piling on that we all these things that we want to change about systems in the world and things that you know we know could be better but it's it can help to remember that social change also starts right at home And talking to your friends and your family and your neighbors about the things that you learn and the issues that you care about that might even be happening right in your community is the best place to start. Uh, Working on just bettering your relationships with those around you and in your community is very important social change. Uh, It's, you know, and it's really good change for yourself mentally, emotionally, and it's good for your community, too. So don't discount the small changes that you have in your everyday life with interactions with everyday people and learn your community some you said that just made me think of like the different times throughout the year like in the past two years with people talked about different social movements like black lives matter and stop asian hate um and other movements it made me something that gets highlighted that i think kind of get missed is that people talk about just learning the community go to community events shop Mm -hmm. at black-owned businesses shop at asian-owned businesses shop at businesses that you wouldn't normally go to go to their cultural events just learn i feel like so much uh violence is perpetrated out of fear or not really Mm -hmm. knowing um and that just learning your community is a part of social change too so i like that tip thank you 
So true. So in closing, let us know your favorite outspoken moment or portion from 2021. You can always uh, catch us on social media, on Instagram at StopTheHurt underscore HCWC or on Facebook at StopTheHurt HCWC. Um, until then, speak up, speak out, and be outspoken. Mm-hmm.